What do you need to know about the signings of Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook and the impact they have on Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we look at our running back rankings only on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hi, and I'm Michelle Majuk. I'm a researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, it's an exciting day because uh, we did look at our quarterback rankings yesterday. So if you guys missed that, to check it out. On the archives, we're going through a rankings week here. So now we're going to focus on running backs. We're going 1 through 36. So I'll break it down. We'll go through a dozen in each segment here. First, our top 12, who we consider to be our RB1s and where the differences are there. And then we'll go through our RB2s. And then players that you can look at for depth, flex, upside, deep sleepers that you can find beyond the picks 25 through 36 at this position. So we'll break all that down for you on today's show. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Every day, as again, this is a big rankings week. We'll help you dominate. We're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. Now, Michelle, I'll start by laying out our rankings here and looking at the top 12. There are some differences. And uh, we do have something to talk about right at the top, literally. So let's look. Michelle's rankings are Bijan Robinson over Christian McCaffrey at number one. You have Tony Pollard at number three, Nick Chubb at four, Derrick Henry at five, Austin Eckler at six. So interesting there already. Saquon Barkley at seven, Alexander Madison, a surprise there at eight, Najee Harris at nine, Josh Jacobs at 10, John the Taylor at 11, and Joe Mixon rounds out the top 12. Now, for me, I have Christian McCaffrey still at the top. Austin Eckler pretty much following what we've seen in uh, most rankings, a 1-2. Nick Chubb, however, is my number three. Bijan, I have still as a strong four. Tony Pollard at five. I've moved Jonathan Taylor up to six. We are right there with Saquon Barkley at seven. I have Ramondre Stevenson at eight, despite uh, the news that we had last night. Uh, Derek Henry at nine. Jameer Gibbs, I've been uh, banging the table for him at 10. Josh Jacobs, pretty even at 11. And then... Najee Harris rounds out the top 12. So what we're getting here, Michelle, is there's going to be some differences on people's boards here, just like our own here. And look, with RB1s, it's hard, right? We're trying our best, and that's all we can do. Now let's uh, go to the Bijan in the room. Explain yourself. Why do you have Bijan ahead of Christian McCaffrey at number one? I am not upset with anybody if they want to take Christian McCaffrey number one. I understand that all he does is score a gazillion fantasy points when he's on the field. My biggest concern when it comes to Christian McCaffrey against Bijan is we've seen Christian McCaffrey now have a couple injuries that kind of ruined his seasons. And he did get through the entire season last year, although he was banged up. But that's my biggest worry with the 49ers. Uh, it's like, 
Christian McCaffrey had his injuries off of them, but every 49ers player in their backfield gets hurt every year. It feels like they cannot keep guys healthy, their quarterbacks and their running backs. And they travel so much this year. They are traveling from the East Coast, the West Coast, East, like back and forth like 10 different times. And that worries me when it comes to his body holding up. That's the reason I'm putting Bijan first, because I do think Bijan is going to able to produce, get a ton of volume. He's going to get a ton of volume, not only on the ground, but also through the air. And he's an exceptional pass catcher. So when I have two guys that are exceptional as rushers and receivers, and I both think they're going to score a good amount of touchdowns because we saw it, we saw the Falcons running backs last year, uh, lead the league in red zone rushing attempts last season on a on an offense that wasn't very good. And I expected offense to be a bit better this year. So if I expect both to be absolutely amazing and get the volume, I'm going to take the guy I trust a little bit more that his body's going to hold up. And that's why I'm going Bijan one with CMC two. All right. Now something else to explain up there is also you're down on Austin Eckler. Look, I'm not thrilled about Austin Eckler. I think the wheels could come off at any point here, but I'm just looking at the body work. I mean, leading the league and running back touchdowns uh, over the last two seasons. I don't know if this Chargers offense got worse. If anything, it got better. We've seen the effects of Tony Pollard playing for Kellen Moore. So I think Eckler might have one more good season in him, but look, it's not like you dropped him a lot here. He's at six and there's some pretty darn good players right ahead of him and Pollard, Chubb and Henry, but kind of explain uh, what you're thinking there with Eckler. Cause I think I'm, I'm going just by maybe the safe and what we've seen, but I can definitely see the drop off coming. I think you kind of explained it uh, right there yeah. when you said you think the you know? offense is okay. going to be better and the touchdowns, right? He's scored 18 plus scrimmage touchdowns in each of the last two seasons that's going to be extremely hard to even duplicate 15 plus again. There's only been two running backs in NFL history that have scored 16 plus touchdowns in three straight seasons. So Austin Eckler would have to like pretty much make history here to do this again. So I expect those touchdowns to come down a bit. And I've said that because I think Justin Herbert is going, his touchdown luck is going to go up where he ends up throwing more touchdowns instead of Austin Eckler stealing so many on the ground. And Last season, Eckler had 127 targets, and that's that's even high for him. I know he normally gets a lot of targets, but that's a good chunk higher than he normally gets because all the guys were injured. I mean, you were dealing with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, dealing with lingering injuries pretty much the whole year. And then even Justin Herbert himself was injured with his ribs where he was throwing shorter. That was terrible for the offense. It was not a good thing. It's not like, oh, we need to repeat that this year. It worked out so well. The efficiency was garbage having to utilize your running back that much in the passing game. So I think his target share comes down a little bit. I think his touchdowns come down a little bit. And at that point, instead of being running back two or running back one this year, I have him as running back six. Yeah, I mean, those are all good points here. And look, Eckler is a special talent, right? I mean, he's uh, fought himself hard to get on the field here with the Chargers. They love him. He's uh, kind of a instrumental guy, and he knows his fantasy numbers, so we like that, right? Austin Eckler is a very yeah, aware fantasy player, so maybe uh, he'll be inspired to do uh, something for us here again one last time. I think this is maybe the last time I would invest in Eckler High, so I'm on the borderline of his drop-off, but I just think he's too important right now the Chargers offense, it really doesn't have a lot behind him with some of the guys. So uh, still like Eckler, but one guy that I have higher than you, and uh, this is the reverse of that, uh, with Jonathan Taylor at number six, yeah. you have him down at 11. Look, 
I would be a little bit concerned just the way things have uh, progressed here in the Colts offense and uh, just his uh, feelings on this team. But then I look at Shane Steichen. We like Miles Sanders and all that stuff last year with Jalen Hurts. He got a running quarterback again. This offensive line is still pretty good, but I just don't know what else the Colts are doing. I mean, we look at Austin Eckler, right? I mean, big part of what he did last year, they didn't have a lot. And right now, I'm not sure you trust these Colts receivers. I mean, we're not high on Michael Pittman Jr. We're not high on Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, maybe a little lukewarm. So they're going to have to feed a lot of this offense still through Jonathan Taylor. So I think now these he's there. Back, yeah, he's there. So, I mean, I think, look, I, I'm still having faith in Jonathan Taylor. I'm putting him here at six based on the talent. And talent is the first thing I'm going to look at first in a lot of these situations. So I just think the Colts need Taylor, and they know that. He knows that. And it's all going to work out here at least for one more season. Yeah, so it's so hard with Jonathan Taylor. I did have him much higher than this to start the offseason, even like a month ago. I had him closer to six, seven range. But his whole training camp issues and, you know, not practicing, it's scaring me off. And there are reports that he doesn't look the healthiest on the field. Now, we don't know if he's kind of playing that up or not because he doesn't want to practice until he gets this new contract. We don't know, but maybe he is still suffering from the ankle injury. And if at this point, in the middle of August, if he's not fully healthy, I do worry because so much of his production comes from him having that insane burst, right? He gave him a hole and he's gone. And that's where he gets so much of the production. And I'm also really scared this Colts offense is going to be really bad under Anthony Richardson, even though the mobile quarterback should open up the run game more, but also then Richardson might steal the few, you know, goal line carries the Colts do have. So I just trust the 10 guys I have ahead of Jonathan Taylor more, and he's a great, great talent. But uh, I'm I'm going to let someone else take him this year. Yeah, that's uh, look when you're going six to eleven, and then even with Austin Eckler two to six. I mean, this is just personal preference. At some point, I mean, we're not exactly show, sure what order these guys are going to finish. We're just uh, looking in theory on maybe what is the better value right now? And uh, that's how we're kind of breaking it down. And we have an interesting choice at number eight on both sides here, completely different. You have Alexander Madison at eight. So a lot of confidence there with the Dalvin Cook now with the Jets that Madison will have a big year. I'll let you uh, defend Madison in a second, but I'm going to defend Ramondre Stevenson, my eight pick real quick. Now, look, before this show we heard about Ezekiel Elliott last night signing with the Patriots and I had Stevenson uh, kind of in my rankings this high before we had that news but I am sticking with him because guess who also played with Ezekiel Elliott and finished as a top eight running back last year it was Tony Pollard and if you look at the skill set of Stevenson he can catch passes he can finish in the red zone he's an explosive runner what do you expect from the Patriots high volume running game that the Cowboys had last year? So there's going to be plenty of opportunities to go around for Stevenson Elliott. And keep in mind, this team signed James Robinson for similar money and just said, eh, we don't need him. So they're not going to force Ezekiel Elliott into a situation if they feel like Stevenson is okay. They just need a little bit of veteran depth, right? And I think Zeke is a little bit washed. I think he got the extra fantasy scoring last year because the red zone usage from the Cowboys. But other than that, I... I, I don't think the Patriots are a dumb organization. They see Stevenson as special. They just need a little bit better veteran insurance. So 
again, this situation doesn't affect Stevenson as much for me here with Elliott there. Now, Madison, I'm interested to see what you're going to say about him without Cook. Well, we've talked about Madison a lot here because he's obviously a guy I'm extremely high on. I have him all the way at eight. It's It just comes down to this. Every single time he's had a chance to be the starter for the Vikings, he's performed, and he's performed as a top 10 running back. And that's I, I, I'm not scared of the death behind him. Ty Chandler did look good in the preseason, but they also were just feeding Ty Chandler, and it was really nice to see he was getting this production because the offensive line was – doing their job as well. And that's going to be Alexander Madison's role. It's not going to just because Ty Chandler did well in a preseason game. He's now going to get more snaps. Alexander Madison didn't play in the preseason game because he's the clear cut starter. And I think the Vikings just roll with that one workhorse guy. He's going to get a ton of the carries. He's also a good receiving back and they use their running backs in the receiving game because Kirk Cousins isn't super mobile. So he will dump it down to the running back whenever he needs to. And then he's going to get the goal line work on a really good offense that scores a lot of points. So I, I see no reason Alexander Madison is being like he no one's really on board it feels like with the ADP you have him all the way down at 21 I think he's such a steal in drafts now I know I have him at running back eight the great thing is I don't have to draft him at running back eight I might reach on him a little bit in round five you know but he's going in round six so I don't have to take him at eight but um I love how late he's going and then for Ramondre I do think Dalvin Cook or uh, Ezekiel it hurts him a bit because he only scored five rushing touchdowns last year, right? Ramondre Stevenson. Ezekiel Elliott is that bigger guy who likely they're bringing in to use around the goal line. So those aren't, I, I now I don't expect his rushing touchdowns to increase. You know, Bill Belichick loves to use multiple running backs. So I do expect Zeke to be on the field quite a bit. And we saw Ramondre's production really drop off at the end of last year. I know he was dealing with a bit of an injury, but he, he played in the games and weeks. These are his re- these are his receiving work from weeks 14 through 18. Two receptions, two yards. Two receptions, negative four yards. Two receptions, three yards. Two receptions, nine yards. And then he did have the five for 28 in week 18. It was a lot of bad fantasy games throughout that time. I just, I can't be too high on Ramondre this year. I have him at 14 and I don't even love him there, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing to consider, and we hit on a little bit with Christian McCaffrey and Bijan Robinson earlier, that these guys are going to dominate their offensive uh, percentage right on their teams. They're just going to eat up chunks. And I think your concern with Eckler was tied to, does he see less in the passing game and the TD regression? So just not getting the numbers that we're looking at. And with Alexander Madison, to me, I've seen Madison, and I think he's okay. I just don't think there's anything special about him. Like, I don't think he's going to break a lot of long runs. This Vikings running game was very inefficient with Dalvin Cook last year. And I see that piece of the pie being a little bit less for Madison, where I think Stevenson and Elliott are going to eat from a bigger running back touch pile, right? And I think the the Vikings, they're probably going to be as close to 65% passing team. I just think that's going to trend here with Kevin O'Connell. So, I have to see Madison hold up because he's had injury issues as well. Remember, we've had to dwindle to the third back at times. And remember, there I think there was one game in Seattle where, okay, he was rolling. The Seahawks defense was bad. And then he got hurt filling in for Dalvin Cook. So I still have to see a lot of him to handle a workload more than 80 ton t- touches where I can feel comfortable. So I think I've had a sample size where, look, I can know Bijan can handle the workload, even though he's an unknown here. And I think with Madison, I'm still – 
skeptical about uh, him being a feature back. So there's that. I mean, I guess we have a difference of opinion on that one. But I can see, again, if Madison is the clear lead in an offense that scores a lot of points and that works out, it could really pay off big time if you get him as an RB2 that performs like an RB1. Now, I will uh, mention my last guy here because we talked about him before with uh, Josh Jacobs dropping down a little bit, but I have Jameer Gibbs ahead of Josh Jacobs. And this is my version of Alexander Madison, Michelle. Um, Give me this one. I look at this one and say, look, the Lions put him out there in the preseason game. I get it. Sometimes you can't tell where they're going, but I feel he's being undersold as a potential feature back. I mean, you just don't draft a running back that high. And the Lions have been a smart organization, right? With the rebuild that they're just going to sit there and say, Oh, David Montgomery can be Jamal Williams, and we'll just do this with Jameer Gibson being on DeAndre Swift. There was a reason, right, that they got tired of DeAndre Swift, and they drafted Gibbs and moved Swift as quickly as possible because they wanted a more complete back. And they're also smart enough to say, look, we don't want to have one back that tells us, oh, it's a power run or a receiving thing. They wanted a complete back. And I think Jameer Gibbs, I think he's just being undersold a little bit. And Look, this is gamesmanship by the Lions, right? To say he's co-starters of David Montgomery. Like, I've learned, Michelle, I think over the years, coaches lie a lot and don't show us everything in the preseason and training camp. And I think this is one of those cases where, look, David Montgomery is a co-starter. I'm not going to buy it at all. When this guy has never been all that explosive for the Bears. Yeah, I have Gibbs at running back 13. I want him higher than that. If it was full PPR, I may have gotten bold enough to put him into my top 12 here. I I really, I love what he can do. I love his explosiveness. I love his receiving work. I will not be shocked if he gets 90 to 100 targets in this offense this year because it's Amon Ross St. Brown and not a whole lot else that uh for weapons for jared goff so i really i really like gives this this year so i'm happy you fit him into your top 12 i wasn't brave enough but i'm proud of you well thank you that's that's always good to know and uh (laughs) we will have more i'm sure we'll have a little bit more discussion on some disagreements in our second dozen the rb2s if you will on our board here for michelle and i as we look at the top 30 running back rankings for you on locked on fantasy football I do have an exciting uh, announcement for you. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with us here on Locked On Fantasy Football to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're preparing for draft, which is right now, or scouting the waiver wire during the season, every week we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And uh, today we have a pretty good pick. We're looking at safe and reliable quarterbacks that we can look. This is the eBay guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week with your draft prep underway. Looking for a safe quarterback to take as a starter late after you wait on the position. Then you can ride with a Vikings Kirk Cousins, one of the most consistent, healthiest, and most reliable passing producers since he's been in Minnesota. Cousins has great weapons in year two of a pass-happier offense under Kevin O'Connell, from Justin Jefferson to rookie Jordan Addison. He'll once again drive a team well that is intended to load up first at the other positions. Here on Locked on Fantasy Football, we're going to help you with your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and more than 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternator shocks, struts, you name it. 
eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit, it'll help you understand exactly what you need for your vehicle the first time, the right time. So go forward, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating your, if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because, look, now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's drive. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, now we're going to turn our attention, Michelle, to uh, more running back fits as your RB2 here. And uh, let's uh, quickly go down the rankings. You did uh, tease that you had Jimmy Gibbs right outside. He's an honorary top 12 guy at, at 13. You have Ramondre Stevenson not too far at 14. You have uh, Brees Hall at 15 after the Dalvin Cook news. Uh, Damian Pierce at 16. You have uh, Travis Etienne, 17. Kenneth Walker, 18. Aaron Jones at 19. Khalil Herbert, your surprise here, standing out at number 20. Miles Sanders, 21. Javante Williams, 20. Two, James Conner, 23, Cam Akers, 24. Now, I have Joe Mixon outside of the top 12. You had him at 12, so kind of flip-flopped here with Mixon and Gibbs at 13. I'm now putting Dalvin Cook at 14, so I've switched. Uh, I had Brees Hall here, but I like Dalvin Cook. Travis Etienne at 15, Miles Sanders, 16, Aaron Jones, 17, Kenneth Walker, 18, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Alexander Madison, Michelle's guy, 21, Javante Williams right there, 22, Rashad White and J.K. Dobbins complete my top 24. So, Michelle, right from the top, we'll ask about the Brees in the room. Dalvin Cook is now a Jet. What does this mean for Brees Hall's value? And you still have him high based on this news. I am kind of pivoting away. So, uh, interesting that uh, this could go either way, right? Yeah, so this is my thing with Brees Hall. When I ranked him, he was pretty close to here because I assumed they were going to be bringing in, you know, Dalvin Cook. I I thought I was going to get done. So it is unfortunate, but this morning he was taken off the pup list. So Brees Hall is going to start practicing. Now, I don't think this is just going to be Dalvin Cook's backfield. I think they're going to split it. And Brees Hall is explosive enough to make – I mean, he was not getting a ton of work for the, like when he was in the games last year for the seven games he did play. And he got it – you know, he was scoring plenty of fantasy points. He was the running back eight in fantasy points per game during that time. He was killing it with the scrimmage yards and the long plays. I think my biggest concern with Brees Hall is does he still have that explosiveness after this injury in year one, mm-hmm. right? We don't know if yeah. that will be back yet. Apparently, like all the news says he can run super flash, blah, blah, blah. We don't actually know until he gets on the field. I do think they'll start him slow. I think Dalvin Cook will get a lot of work in the first couple of weeks, but I do expect Brees Hall to be heavily involved in this offense. I do think at this moment in their careers, he's the more talented running back. And he's going to score points in PPR, like just like through receiving, he's going to get those points there. He's going to get touchdowns. He's going to have the big plays. So I'm still going to keep him at running back 14. I don't think he's going to be absolutely amazing like people are were expecting, but he'll get enough work. He'll be plenty good enough. I'm fine taking him if he starts dropping an ADP even more. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll watch that for sure. I mean, it's tough, right, with these injuries. You just don't know how that running back is going to respond. And the Jets have been kind of playing poker with Dalvin Cook. How much do they need him? What does this mean for their confidence in Brees Hall's health? So a lot of things are a little bit unknown with this situation. Uh, I think that's why it's a tough one to target either way until we get a little bit more clarity, which we may not get until the regular season. So that's tough. But I think, Michelle, we do have some clarity with the Texans' backfield. Look, Devin Singletary is no one special. And I do have Damian Pierce at 20, but you have him at 16. But I think what this says, we agree that he's going to be a solid RB2, however you look at it. So tell them why you uh, love Damian Pierce and uh, why you think he's going to be reliable here in 2023 as well. Yeah, I'm starting to get higher on Damian Pierce as we go. So he's been moving up my ranks this offseason. Last year, I mean, the Texans' offense in general was pretty – brutal right but Damian Pierce was the one good thing on that entire offense unfortunately for him the Texans were down by a bunch of points in the second half a ton so they kind of you know had a pass a lot and they used Rex Burkhead as their pass catching running back instead of Pierce last year as a rookie I do think Pierce will be used a lot more in those situations this year uh, he's been working on his receiving game. He said he's been watching Christian McCaffrey. He knows how important it is for running backs to be good receivers and highlights in camp. He's been making those receptions on the field. So I like to see that. I do think he'll be used there more. And last year he had nine games of 15 plus carries as a rookie. He averaged a very solid 14.1 points per game in those games. 12 plus points in eight of the nine games, very similar to like what Tony Pollard was doing last year while he was splitting a backfield. So I, I do think Damian Pierce is a super safe running back too to take. No, I wouldn't want him to be my RB one. I don't think he has the highest ceiling of yeah. all, but sometimes you just got to say, take the safe guys. And I think Pierce is one of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of good parallels. I like there. You mentioned McCaffrey and the 49ers like offense. I think, I think there's a little bit of uh, Brandon Ayuk in uh, Tank Dell. So that's something Ooh. you look at. Dalton Schultz could be poor man's George Kittle. So I kind of like this offensive structure, like actually helping Pierce, even after a very good and a surprising rookie season. Now, now Travis Etienne and Miles Sanders, uh, we're clearly buzzing on these two guys. We've talked a lot about them, why we like them. You had Sanders having a career year. You look at Etienne just being important in his role now. Do you think, again, that these are two guys that you're targeting in every draft, Michelle? So uh, I did have Miles Sanders having a career year, which I still think he can. But I am getting a little worried because he's still out with a groin injury yeah. and groin injuries can linger. And from what I heard, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, I like calling him Chuba. It's more fun. Chuba Hubbard is, uh, you know, was splitting a good amount of work with Miles Sanders prior to him even being injured. Now, do I think that would hold up in season? I think Miles Sanders will get the majority of work. But if Sanders can't stay healthy and he's dealing with a groin injury, maybe Hubbard gets more work in and then maybe they do try to save Sanders a little bit his body and not get him so hurt. That's my biggest worry right now with him. So I'll get some shares, but I'm not going to go all in on Sanders like I thought I might. And then with ETN, all I want is this man to get all the work, but it seems like your boy Tank Bigsby is doing it. He's doing the thing. He's been getting rave reviews all yeah. off season long, right? And he did well in the preseason opener. ETN's been getting rave reviews as well. So it's not like ETN's been bad, but I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Tank Bigsby off the field. My biggest concern is that Tank steals the goal line work, which would really stink. So ETN's going to break off plenty of big plays. Uh, I think like running back 17 is fair for him. He should be a top 
fix running back in this league, but he's never going to get the workload, I don't think, uh, in this Jaguars offense. Yeah, I mean, I think Etienne, again, the talent is what we really like there. And he, he's a special talent, I, but are there, there's only one ball with Jacksonville, and I'm worried that there's suddenly too many people there touching the yeah. ball. That wasn't the case last year, right? It was a little bit more streamlined with what we had when we had uh, just Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Ingram and Etienne pretty much. So interesting, uh, we'll follow that. But one guy I think is overlooked and maybe might be jumping up boards here. You want to get him right now because the value is too great is Javonta Williams. We both have him higher than the markets at the exact same ranking, 22. So we fully agree on Javonta Williams. Unlike Brees Hall, I feel like there's been better kind of reports on Javante Williams looking like his old self and being explosive. So as long as you get some AJP Ryan, maybe you have to invest as high as an RB3 in him. I think Javante Williams is right now the steal that you're looking at in this RB2 range. So um, my steal is Khalil Herbert. And so I'll, I'll get to Javante Williams first, then yeah. hop into Herbert. Javante Williams is so much a narrative, right? Because we all thought he was going to be absolutely amazing coming out of UNC, just how explosive he was. We haven't quite seen that in the NFL yet. And now he has a serious injury. It does look like he's going to play. I, I do think he's going to be the Broncos lead back. And he is very talented. So that's why I have him ranked up here. But again, he's never really shown it in the NFL. So it is a, a bit of a risky pick. But with Khalil Herbert, I have him very high. I know, running back 20. Benny, you have him all the way down at 34. I actually want to move Herbert up more. Like, I think I have him too low. I, I just, he is the steal of drafts with Alexander Madison, in my opinion. So the only reason for hesitancy with drafting Khalil Herbert earlier this offseason, if you're doing any drafts, was uncertainty if he was the starter, right? They had a crowded backfield with Deonta Foreman and Roshan Johnson. But I think they answered that really fast in the preseason opener that Herbert is the main guy there and going to be the starter. The Justin Fields and the top starters, they played seven snaps in that game, two drives. Herbert played every single one of those seven snaps and then was taken out with the rest of the starters. On those seven snaps, he had four carries and a 56-yard receiving touchdown. I mean, that's that's pretty nice. Just on seven carries, have five touches, one go for a huge touchdown. Uh, Foreman didn't have a snap until the second quarter with the backups. Roshan Johnson was still in the game with like seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Like they just ran that guy. So clearly they're not worried if he gets injured or misses time. Herbert, every single time he's had a chance on the field, he has shined. And the we know the Bears are going to be such a heavy run offense this year. And what one of these running backs is just going to be break out. And I think that's clearly going to be Herbert. Yeah, I, I'm just maybe not trusting too much in the Bears' backfield right now. I think that's part of it. It's not anything against Herbert. I just don't trust the exact usage of all these guys. Like, I think they're going to do something that isn't smart, maybe, in the way they use it. And Herbert's also a little bit of a little guy, right? He's had his own durability issues. So I don't know if he can hold up for that much volume. So that's something that I'm a little concerned with. And also Justin Field just being such a running monster here in his own right. Like, and do they continue that Field's volume in the running game while they're running less overall and open up the passing game a little bit? So there are little things about the Bears offense I'm not investing in too much. The real 
exciting part to me is uh, DJ Moore of that. But look, Herbert could do it. If any of those guys break out in that offense, you're sitting pretty. So I do like the aggressiveness and say, look, making a stand, this is the guy that's the one that you're going to target. Because I think we tend to do that as uh, fantasy rankers, right? We're just like, eh, we'll just lump all these guys together somewhere. But make a call, make it uh, separate. And I like that call that you're picking him. I think for me personally, I'm going to avoid this and just take a flyer at Rashawn Johnson late with the Bears. Uh, that That's where I'm going. And, and that's why I had Rashad White in this mix down there. Look, am I thrilled about Rashad White? No, but I think right now the clear path to volume is there. I don't know if it'll be all that effective or efficient, but he's going to get volume. And I like situations where I can see the volume for sure, where it sometimes is cloudier than other ones with the Bears. Yeah, my biggest concern with Rashad White right now is that ESPN's Jenna Lane reported that she expects Chase Edmonds to be the third down back for the Buccaneers this season. We'll see if that holds true, but if that's the case – I mean, all of us are excited about what Rashad White can do in the passing game, right? As a receiver, that's where he, like, that's pretty much the only place he scored points last year. And we expect this offense to be pretty brutal. So how many goal line opportunities will he really have? We don't know. He could be a steal. I have him down at 27. I won't be surprised if he outperforms that. But I just can't, I can't make a definite decision on where I am with White. He's driving me crazy this offseason. All right. You mentioned uh, Rashad White was in your bottom there from 25 to 36. We'll look at those rankings and enclosure show. We'll go through those a little bit more quickly just to see if there's anything that stands out that we're looking at and our thoughts on that in our final segment. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. We'll start looking at wide receivers there to check out the rankings there and see where we stand on a lot of players. So it should be exciting there. So Check us out, Locked on Fantasy Football, your destination. Become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. All right, Michelle, let me go rapid fire to run down these from uh, 25 to 36. You have Dalvin Cook at 25. We talked about him. We talked about a lot of these guys. J.K. Dobbins, uh, we're pretty close on him. You have him at 26. Rashad White mentioned at 27. Alvin Kamara, that's the tough one, at 28. You got James Cook, 29. A.J. Dillon, 30, Isaiah Pacheco, 31, Rashad Penny, 32, Kenneth Gainwell, there's a little bit of surprise there, at 33, Zach Charbonnet, 34, just about where I have him, Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson, back-to-back there. Then closing out, uh, you have uh, Dave Montgomery and DeAndre Swift there closing out that group, uh, going a little bit deeper beyond the top 36. Now, yeah, I went 30, how I would sorry. look at it, uh, James, um, James Conner, at 25, Alvin Kamara, 26, Rashad Penny, 27, AJ Dillon, 28, Isaiah Pacheco, 29, DeAndre Swift, 30. I have now roughly Brees Hall, 31, James Cook at 32, Zach Charbonnet, 33, David Montgomery, 34, and uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, 35, Antonio Gibson at 36. And then if I had to go 37, 30, I'm going Samaj P. Ryan as a premium handcuff Williams and then Brian Robinson Jr. So that's how we're uh, breaking it down here for you. Now let's start with the key topic here and uh, we don't have too much time to break this down, but let's look at Alvin Kamara. And uh, what do you think? Three games. uh, Is this the right way to invest in Alvin Kamara? I think his price is okay. Right. Running back 20. You got to take him in the Fifth round, I don't love it, I'll say. But Kendra Miller, we were worried about, you know, if the Saints signed Kareem Hunt and then they have Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams. Is it too crowded for when Kamara gets back? Like, will he have to split too much? Well, they didn't sign Kareem Hunt. And now Kendra Miller is dealing with a knee sprain. And we, we don't even know if he'll be ready for week one. 
Derek Carr does like to target his running back position at a decent rate. So Kamara should get those targets still. Will his touchdown production go up? That's the biggest question. He's only scored six total touchdowns over the last two seasons. He was a running back 14 of fantasy points per game last year. If you have an IR spot, well, okay, no. Most IR spots don't allow you to put suspended players in. But if you play on a platform that allows you to put suspended players in your IR spot, I would definitely take Kamara then. If not, it's going to be it's just going to be annoying to hold on to him for those three weeks. If he drops a couple more rounds, I'd be interested, but in the fifth round, it's a little too pricey for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, everything you said is a spot on. I mean, you just have to weigh that, the risk, the reward, slowly out of the gate. If you're scrambling to put together a backfield and your fantasy leagues and you have to keep Kamara there without injury designation. So that's really tough to consider now. And that, there's something else interesting that we have in our rankings. And I think we're on interesting page here with Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell. I'm not exactly sure how this Eagles backfield is going to play out. They've said it's a competition for a roster spot, not just for the key touches here. So I don't know what to make of this really, but I think Rashad Penny sounds like the guy that they signed for early downs. DeAndre Swift it seems like the guy they whatever he, they're going to do in the passing game, which was limited last year. And then Kenneth Gainwell just lingering there. So you like Gainwell in between these guys, but I think it's fair to say that we like Penny to lead this backfield a lot more than Swift. Well, I did until this past week with all the reports coming out. So uh, this is from SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. It, it, there was a lot more reports on this, just just this, but I wanted to read this quickly. So Gainwell has been playing as a feature back as of late. He's increasingly been the team's early back down where he's getting touches as a runner. Uh, he did say, I thought that might be where Penny finds himself, but Gainwell has undoubtedly had a stronger camp and he's getting the vast majority of first team carries. So, and he's excelled in them. If, if he's beating out Rashad Penny for this role, I mean, they don't have much invested in Rashad Penny, right? And yeah. Kenneth Gainwell has now been there for three years. I really love Gainwell coming out of school. I thought he was super talented. He reminded me a ton of Austin Eckler. Could he break out like Austin Eckler did after, you know, his first couple seasons in the league? He could. He, he definitely could. So I'm getting lower on Penny a little bit, and um, I'll keep watching for Gainwell. Gainwell didn't play in the preseason opener. They sat him which is normally a good sign for these players. Yeah, this is just very confusing for me because <laughs> early it was Rashad Penny's getting the first team reps, then DeAndre Swift is coming on, then Gainwell. Like, I hate these type of reports from training camp. I just hate them because, look, I think the teams have agendas and uh, mm -hmm. not calling a conspiracy theory here, but they want you to think that everyone is good on their team in the end, right? <laughs> you don't know. So, like, in the end, if they make a decision to cut this guy, then it's justified, you know. So, I don't – look, I just don't like situations like this. It's just so frustrating for fantasy managers to cut through and find the right information because they're not going to give it out there. So, I'm not exactly sure. Again, we might have to wait and see with this one. But, again, just in these situations, just go with the gut, you know, just feel like – what do you see from Rashad Penny? He's always hurt. What do you see from DeAndre Swift? He's always hurt. So yeah, yeah. let's just say who's the better value, right? If Kenneth Gainwell is going later, 
go for the better value. You know, don't invest and force yourself into Penny or Swift. Hey, I'm going to squeeze out RB2 when it could be an absolute committee disaster. And if it's committee disaster, wouldn't you want the third guy in the mix and get that value of Kenneth Gainwell? Because we've actually seen him in this offense where we haven't seen the other two guys. We've seen Gainwell get some red zone love as well. So I, I'm with you there. It's the, maybe a backfield I want to avoid, but I would definitely circle gain well someone are going to target in drafts as long as his uh, ADP and ranking is low. Now, the last uh, thing we'll bring up here is the handcuffing strategy, right? I mean, some of these guys are sleepers as well because they're one spot away from a key role. But two must-have handcuffs, clearly from what we're looking at based on roles, Zach Charbonnet, Samaj P. Ryan is absolute at this point. I mean, you could say Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, but I think that's more committee. But when you look at Charbonnet and P. Ryan, is this fair to say you have to invest a pretty high pick to protect your Kenneth Walker and Javante Williams investments? So I'm kind of the opposite with here with handcuff uh, pick. So I definitely, okay. if I'm taking Kenneth Walker or Javante Williams, especially Javante Williams, like he's not going that high. You're getting the price tag because he has the risk of getting injured. Right. So I'm not going to then also spend up on Samaja P Ryan, just because also, I think if he gets the start, he's not going to be anything, but he's not going to like win you weeks. I just don't see that. So I have no desire to take P Ryan as a handcuff. I, I would have more desire to take P Ryan if I don't take Javante Williams, because if I think Javante Williams, you know, won't hold up or whatever, then I might get a starting running back, but I like taking backups for different guys. I don't take so that maybe I could fall into another starter instead of like, especially if you take a running back super high, like, a. Uh, I don't know if you go with Derek Henry or something like that, or, or uh, Christian McCaffrey, I'm not dying to go make sure Elijah Mitchell's on my team, because if you lose Christian McCaffrey, like, well, you lost your first overall pick. That's kind of a, a big deal. So I would rather go for the hope that not hope, but if there's another running back that gets hurt, maybe I have that backup. And then I gain another starter instead of losing a main piece of my offense. Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag for me. So I I think that's what I do. Like I get some other people's backups, but I also get my own if they make sense. Like you're not, again, it just really depends on the situation. I think for me, P. Ryan Williams, it seems like a straight up thing, right? I think it really comes down to you you want to invest and totally believe in the Broncos backfield, right? If you feel no matter who's touching the ball for the Broncos, they're going to get it done here with uh, Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi. Look, there's nobody else. This, these are the two backs. And P. Ryan has, also has a great history of being a plug-and-play guy, much like me mentioned going back to the early part of the show, Alexander Madison. So those are things that you have to think about there in fantasy as well as you build your depth on your team. And that's what you're looking at there when you go running backs 25, 38, and beyond here. So there you have it, Michelle. We looked at the running backs. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be looking at the wide receivers, so we'll be excited to break those uh, down for you. For Locked On Fantasy, this has been Vinny Iyer. And this is Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.